0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Today's guest is Marcia Nadalin, owner of Marcia Nadaline Salon and Spa. Marcia Nadalin brought Susan Thomas Salon in 1993 and expanded her service, offering, and client base through the years. Marsha Nadalin is involved in charitable projects that benefit not only the local community, but other communities in times of need. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Marsha Nadalin. Welcome to our show, Marsha. Thank you. So, Marsha, you did start off as just a salon, and you've expanded your services to a spa. Could you tell us a little bit about the expansion and why you folks decided to do that?
2: Sure. Well, we had the salon; it was going really well, and of course, that's my passion. The spa services have been, you know, become really popular, and I always thought it would be nice to kind of add to it for the client experience that they could come to a salon and feel that they could get, you know, the full service if they'd like. And you know, even if they didn't, some of the clients were always talking about it. You know, even if they weren't going to get it, they wanted to think they could get it if they changed their mind. So um, the opportunity came along that this, the little shop next door; it was a photo one-hour photo, just kind of perfect size to add a few spa services. So we, once they, they left, we took over their spot, and it connected right with the salon, so it worked out perfect.
0: How did you get into this beauty industry in general?
2: I was seven years old when it all started. And my, I, was, I have a younger sister, Barbara, and she and I you know were always experimenting with different things. And, of course, she always looked up to me because I was, you know, older and she respected me and she, anything I said was actually okay. So I definitely got her into a lot of trouble. But this time we were talking about her hair and I had this, you know, creative thing going and I thought, I'm going to cut your hair. I'm going to make it look really good. (laughs) So we went back in the back of the house and we sat down and I started cutting her hair and I finished my creation. It was a little edgy, but it was, it was cute. And, um, we came out and my father was watching TV and he was the one who was to be watching us because my mom was working so he just went oh my gosh what did you do Marcia and I said do you like it? doesn't it look good? and he goes oh I don't know but I, don't, I just don't think your mother's gonna like it and of course my mom came home and failed to see the creative aspect of my design and I got in big trouble so I went on and I thought, you know, maybe I should put my cuts on hold for a while until I got some professional training. So I went on through life and finished high school. High school for me was very challenging because I wasn't really academic. I was a little more artistic, loved the um, art classes and the sports and, you know, anything that didn't have anything to do with sitting down and working on paper. And once I finished high school, I was, you know, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. You know, I didn't really think college was going to be the right answer for me. So I was trying different things, you know, everything, people, ice cream, banks, restaurants, you know, working in all different places, but not really connecting with those either. And I wanted something that was more professional. So I went with my sister, that same one that I gave the butcher job to. And we were, she was going for a haircut at Vidal Sassoon in Beverly Hills. So we Ooh. lived in California, right? So um, I thought, well, I'm going to go along with her. This should be cool to see what's going on there. So it was a beautiful salon, totally high-tech, very professional. The clients were all really you know, top-of-the-line people. Everybody was having a great time. And it was just the coolest thing. And I just went, this is me. This is what I want to do. So I talked to one of the assistants that were working on my sister and I asked them how they got started and they directed me to cosmetology school and my parents kind of got me going and helped me out and that's how I got started.
0: And how'd you end up in Hawaii?
2: Okay, so after I had been I got my license, the, the school experience was a little a little different. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but I, I knew my goal was to get my license so I could get into a cool salon. Once I got my license and I started working for a couple of years in Newport Beach, because that's where the area, Orange County, is where I was living. And it was excellent. It was great. I had some great opportunities. I worked with a guy that gave me, you know, a lot of chances. And, you know, the, the salon and me worked out well. But then I got a call from my girlfriend. And she and I were best friends all through high school, all through school, actually. And she was going on a trip. She was like kind of like the free-spirited person, and I was a little bit more of the Tr- you know, stayed by the book, got a job, you know, did all the things that I thought I should be doing. And she was the one that was going off on all these trips all the time, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I was a little bit more like Mary sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, she called me, and it was like the perfect time in my life, and she said she's going on a trip, and if I would like to go. And I and I said, yeah. She almost fell off the chair, I'm sure, when I said yes, because I was not like normally saying yes. So we traveled like halfway around the world. We went from California to Fiji, where we laid on the beach for a few weeks. Then we went to New Zealand, and we bought a car and traveled all over New Zealand. It was an unbelievable experience. So beautiful there. If you haven't been, you got to go. And then we went from there to Australia, where we had kind of a pre-planned job in a ski resort, of all places, down the south part of New Zealand, the Snowy Mountains. And we worked as, you know, waitresses, and did that whole thing. And they gave us room and board, and then we traveled up through Australia, over through Indonesia, just kind of experienced all those things that you can experience there. Um, living for like a dollar fifty a night, you know, that included breakfast, bananas, and tea. And then we uh, rented motorcycles and traveled all over, and we just had the time of our lives. Went through Singapore, Thailand, and then the last trip for me was going to be Hawaii, because my boyfriend who I had known in California, who I left for 11 months, was moving to Hawaii to surf. So that was where I was going to end up. So I called him on Christmas Day at the airport. Come and pick me up. So that's how it all started in Hawaii. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: Radio
1: Radio.com. We're back with
2: Marsha Madeline, owner of Marsha Madeline Salon and Spa.
0: So, was that still your boyfriend?
2: He was my boyfriend, and we just kind of reunited, and it was really great. We, you know, got even closer than ever because we got away from our parents, we got away from all the things that kind of distract you, and then we eventually got married, and he is now my business partner. So at what point did you decide, because you were working at another
1: salon, that was Susan Thomas Salon. I actually
2: wasn't working there. It was a a salon in Kahala Mall that I eventually took over. But the salon I was working at was in Hawaii Kai with a guy that's a New York businessman had that place. And that's how I got started in Hawaii.
1: So how did the opportunity arise for you to actually buy a salon and you go into business?
2: Okay, so I got my license in Hawaii because I had to get a Hawaii cosmetology license in order to work in Hawaii. And then when I finished, I started researching a place to work, right? So um, I went... This is really funny. I went to a beauty supply because I wanted to get some shampoo. And at the time, I really loved KMS. <laughs> Just as a plug for KMS. And then um, the girl that was working there was the owner, and she... You know, it really took a liking to me for some reason. It was weird, too, because I just came off the beach, so I looked like a mess. (laughs) And um, I was talking to her about how much I love KMS shampoo. And she said, well, um, are you working yet? Do you have your license? And I said, I just got my license, and I'm looking for a job. And she said, oh, there's this guy, this New York guy that's just opening a salon in Hawaii Kai. You should call him. Oh, I'll call him for you. Can I call him for you right now? And I'll have you talk to him right now. I mean, she was just like, like that. I just went, okay. So I talked to him, and he says, oh, meet me here at that salon tomorrow at such and such a time. So I got there, drove over there, met with the guy, and it, we took a, he took a liking to me, told me what was going on. He was just getting the place going. So I helped him kind of from the ground up. And um, he liked me because I was a really hard worker. And I did what he asked me to do. And I didn't ask questions. I just did it, you know, and followed through. And so that gave me more opportunities with him because he needed somebody to work with to you know, take care of some of these things, especially he he didn't really do hair. He called himself a colorist, but he was mostly a business person. So I started as an assistant. I worked with, he had another partner that was there. So I worked as an assistant. Then I started doing the hairstyling. And then he put me in a manager position, and then he let me earn ownership just by working. So the more I work, the more I get a percentage of the business. So it worked out good.
0: And then how'd you end up with your own salon?
2: So after that, he, he you know, years down the road, he sold the business. I got my percentage. I took my percentage, and I actually put it towards a townhouse and then um, worked for the new owners for I was there for like 14 years. But I always knew I wanted to have my own shop, eventually. So that
1: was always your goal from when you got into beauty school and knowing that this is something you probably really Probably not love. from
2: beauty school, but probably from after working with this guy for like you know, five years, I think it was. Because I saw things that he did that I really thought were great, and I saw things that he did that I didn't think were so great. And I knew I would do it totally differently. But, you know, it wasn't my place, so... I kind of had to go along with his program.
0: So, how did it happen where you were able to buy your own spa?
2: I had a really, it was really a surprising thing that happened. A woman, her name is Percy Anzai, who owned the salon in Kahala Mall, called me and said, You know, Marsh, I've heard about you. I've heard really good things about you, that you have a, you know, a passion for the industry. I have a salon in Kahala Mall, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in buying it. And I just went, What? Are you kidding, you know? And I was like, kind of shocked, but then thinking, wow, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. So I said, yeah, sure, I'm interested. So we went through negotiations back and forth, probably over a year's time, because it was a lot more than I was able to come up with, the the asking price. So we went back and forth, back and forth, and I think she just was determined for me to take the salon, because she took my offer at the end. And then she carried the note. So I knew this was the right thing because how many doors can be open before you you know, you wake up? This is it. It's obviously meant to be. So I took the chance. It was scary.
1: And did you and Steve go in this together from the go, get-go? Uh-huh. Or was it something that you, took, you started and he eventually Actually, joined you? Actually, no,
2: we were married. He had a business as well that wasn't going quite as well as mine. You know, but he worked very hard at it. But he got really involved in the negotiations and, you know, helping with all that, you know, getting the, um, the loans and everything that we needed to get. So he was a big integral part in the whole getting started.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Marsha Nadaline, owner of Marsha Nadaline Salon and Spa. You know, in the first part of the show, you talked about the amazing environment and atmosphere that Vidal Sassoon had um, shown you about the beauty industry when you first got introduced to it, going with your sister. And one thing that I'm amazed with is every time I go to do my hair at your salon and spa, I mentioned to you that all of your employees are really upbeat, on their faces, they totally show that they love what they're doing, they're passionate about it. No one's ever badmouthing anything. I'm sure, you know, there's back of the scenes problems, but no one ever exudes that. And how are you able to train your employees that when they're in the front, you know, this is the kind of persona and professionalism that you want them to show their customers? Because it sh- also shows in every customer that walks out of there.
2: Right. Yeah, it's a really, um, I think it's probably the most important part of the business. People come and they expect to get a really good haircut, right? That's, I mean, they're coming to Kahala Mall, they're paying their prices, that they're thinking, you know, this is a given, I'm going to get a good haircut. But when you treat them really nice and you say hi to them and you say, compliment them and you say goodbye to them or you give them service beyond their expectation, then that's what really makes you stand out. You know, I mean, definitely it's important to get the haircutting thing down. The technical side of that, which I am a, an, a regional educational director for Tony and Guy. And Tony and Guy, if you haven't heard of them, they are like kind of right up there with Bedell Sassoon. In fact, I believe that, you know, they're leading now. And their, their whole um, mission is to upgrade our industry through educating the hairstylist so that they can become better at what they do and more consistent and more professional. So I've partnered with them and I've totally blueprinted my training program after theirs using their DVDs, bringing in their staff, their art directors and creative directors into my salon three times a year to train my advanced staff, my advanced stylist. So keeping my advanced stylist happy, excited, creative, all those things, and they're happy, they're going to pass it right on to the client because they're happy. They're getting treated you know, they're getting fed. And, you know, I believe that I'm probably one of the few businesses that is actually taking that on ongoing. You know, it's we have a curriculum and it's constantly going. We also have an uh, apprentice program where we train our own staff from the very beginning. They'll come in with interest and excitement about the industry but no real... Professional training, and we'll take them from the very beginning all throughout. And I work with; the, I have a license by the state that I can track this, and then at the end of the program, they are ready to take their state board test and get licensed. So it's really cool.
1: So beyond um, having such a positive atmosphere and environment for your employees, one thing that I also noticed is that you're such a good role model uh, for your employees because you also are so generous. You're always giving back to the community um, and doing charitable events and projects. Um, Where did this value get instilled in you?
2: Well, I think um, probably in the beginning, I was probably kind of ignorant to the whole thing. You know, you just don't think. You're so involved in your own thing and getting started, and, you know, your whole focus is on your own business, and you're not really looking outside as much as you should be. And I think it started all with the, the disaster of 9-11 for me to really start opening my eyes and, wow, there's other stuff going on in the world beside me. And that's when we really started um, doing some giving. And once you start that, it just kind of snowballs. You just want to keep giving you know, to people because you, know, you can. You have it. And it's really great for the staff to see that too because they're, a lot of them are very young. And to get them started at a young age, thinking this way, and if I can lead them, then to me it's really um, it's a really important part of my my position in the salon. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: On Hawaiian time nights, sunshine in your
1: mouth for bubble tea supplies tea in your happens. home at a party it's or like business contact bubble tea end. supply at 948 9482622 or sunshine online at bubble tea.com nice
0: sunshine in your mouth how do you sell his company to Akamai technologies for three billion dollars Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who donates 6% of sales to make more money?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in
0: sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community.
2: greatergoodradio.com.
1: We're back with Marsha Natalin, owner of Marsha Natalin Salon and Spa.
0: So, what are some of the things that you're supporting?
2: Well, every ongoing, um, whenever my clients have fundraisers, and they, they're all involved in so many different things. I mean, they're doing the heart ball with the Heart Association. They're doing, you know, they're, they're, some of the things are kind of like beauty things. But, you know, it's a gift certificate that I donate to all these different causes that they can use to sell at their auctions, and then they, they get all the money. And then it's a win-win, because I get more exposure to new clients that I might have not have tapped into. So it works out good. So Heart Association, March of Dimes, we've um, done a lot with like the Humane Society, helping the animals. We did, oh, oh I'm really involved in the New Hope Ministries, I get some exposure on their program, and I do some of their staff who are involved in their TV. So, and I do that for, you know, helping them out, and then they help me out. And then I also um, am a, I'm a member of the church, and that, you know, that in itself, just giving to them, and they, they are just doing so many good things. I just feel like it's really a great place to put some money and, help them out because of all of their endeavors. The high schools that they're in, they just totally redo them and put air conditioning in all the classrooms, and that really helps the kids probably learn better in the long run. So I'm really behind them. Um, The Honolulu Symphony, all of these. um, A lot of the clients are, you know, their kids are in school, so they're doing their school fundraisers. I think I did one with you, Carrie, right? Yes. Yeah. Women's Fund, Alumni Association,
1: the list goes on. Um, have you seen a noticeable difference in the giving back to and also incorporating a community message with your business, whether it be with your employees um, and then also the PR for the your company?
2: Yeah, I have noticed a big difference because at first it was kind of like, why would we want to do that? We're already broke as it is, you know. We don't have enough for ourselves, and then you can do things, in, you don't have to do the things in a huge, I mean, everybody does a little, you know, with a big staff like mine of over almost 60 employees, you know, it's a significant difference, even if everybody just chips in a little. So they, do, they realize, that, you know, hey, my little bit does help, it's making a part of the pie, and it's making our contribution a little bit more significant.
1: So, Marcia, we're going into your fifth expansion since owning the salon and spa. And um, in this fifth opening, you know, being that you're more aware of giving back to the community, as you said, you've opened your eyes a lot more. Um, could you tell us about the opening and how you're involving the community, utilizing what you are an expert in?
2: Yes, we, um, we're expanding the annex, which is the second salon. And we want to, you know, celebrate this opening, and we want to... Do it in a way that we can involve someone else that we can give back to. Since we're doing so well, we should be sharing. And we've chosen the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it's the Make-A-Wish Foundation in Hawaii. So if you don't know what that is, it's they take a child's wish who has an incurable disease and they, they grant his, him or her his what, their wish. So they're in Hawaii and whatever this wish is going to be, I don't know, we're going to um, hopefully take care of, if not contribute a lot towards. And we are going to have an event where we're going to do all of our services, kind of minified, and the, um, the client or the guests that will be coming, friends, family, clients, whoever wants to come, is going to be able to participate in all these services, and my staff is going to donate their time. So we're going to be doing them all for free for donation towards Make-A-Wish. Plus, we're going to get the stars all month long. And, you know, clients at any time can, you know, take up one of these stars.
0: And then what's the date for the grand opening?
2: The date for the grand opening is August 26th. And that's a Sunday, and it'll be in the evening um, at 6 o'clock. Okay. Thanks for joining
0: us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.